Welcome to the XR Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Diana Olenik, and on this show, we dive into the cutting-edge worlds of XR, Web3, and artificial intelligence with the brightest minds in the industry, bringing you exclusive insights and game-changing conversations that will revolutionize your understanding of the future. Today, we have an extraordinary guest who is a true visionary in the world of XR. Julian Park is the co-founder and CEO of Vessel, a revolutionary platform that is transforming the way designers and creatives collaborate in virtual spaces. Julian has a proven track record in the XR industry, having previously served as an engineering leader at Oculus, where he oversaw key projects in VR multitasking and UI frameworks. Now with Vessel, He's taking his expertise to the next level, unlocking new dimensions of creativity and unleashing the potential of virtual spaces as a canvas for collaborative design. In this episode, you'll discover how Julian and his team at Vessel are pushing the boundaries of spatial design, enabling designers, artists, and innovators to work together in real time on a spatial 3D canvas regardless of their physical location. You'll learn how Vessel's intuitive interface and powerful design tools are transforming the way teams prototype and iterate their ideas in a collaborative environment. I can't wait to begin this amazing episode. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Julian, for being here today. We're super excited. Please let us know how are things going right now in California? Yeah, California, uh, pretty sunny, but, you know, as usual, San Francisco is always a little foggy. So I think it's one of those days. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's an interesting yeah. thing. I always imagine California super bright and shiny and people skating, you know, the rollerblades. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of that image is coming from SoCal, but in NorCal, oh. which is, you know, where San Francisco is, it's, you know, it's a okay. lot of uh, <laughs> fog and cold days as well. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. So yeah. we're super excited and we're going to talk a lot about 3D design. Yeah. All designers out there, put attention. Um, Bessel is a company that has been working immensely in this uh, creation of this tool. And so today we'd like to hear from you, Julian, about your background, you know, like all yeah. the stuff that happened before creating Bessel and why did you create it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, happy to share. Uh, so previously, uh, I worked at Oculus. Um, now called Meta, uh, for about four years or so. Um, and during that time, I was on the, the Quest OS side of things. So a lot of the panel app architecture or the UI frameworks that go inside how the, the apps that flow around you when you put on your VR headset, like how they all work and look and stuff like that. So, um, I was fortunate enough to work a lot with talented designers. In, in the org as well, building out the Quest uh, 1 and Quest 2 products. And they would use tools like Figma to kind of iterate on the app UI and let's see how all the buttons are located and how they work from a UX flow. Um, and oftentimes in a lot of meetings when we would be in uh, talking with PMs and managers, they would ask, hey, how do I view these designs in headset? Right. So 
beyond the 2D rectangles you see on your screen, how do I go, uh, you know, other than just imagining it in my head, how do I actually experience it in 3D in the headset before we build it and ship it to customers? So from that in mind, the answer would be, well, we could, but like we would have to partner with like a Unity developer or a prototyper to build out a whole interactive experience and like script it and like export and then like distribute that package with people's headsets in the org. And that whole process was like a multi-week nightmare, right? So uh, Bezel was really born out of that frustration where we saw an opportunity to build an easier design tool to learn for 3D and ARVR um, that kind of put the superpowers in the designer's hands. And they're the ones who are able now to really take their Figma designs or whatever it may be um, into a 3D interactive prototype. And, you know, we've launched our public beta a couple months ago, but we've now taken that process from a couple weeks to a couple minutes. So that that's kind of the, the value that we've been providing so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super exciting. And definitely when we are in a company environment, we are one of the pieces that go, you know, throughout all the workflow, all the process. How was that shift that you had to make from thinking as just the designer and now creating a platform? Did you experience any shift and how did you navigate that? Yeah, so definitely building out your own design tool is a whole different task than like, you know, doing design work at a company. And I think um, we really have to take a step back and look at the market in general and then see, okay, what are the unique skill sets that we can bring into the space so that other designers like ourselves, I mean, I do have like a more of an engineering background, but I think I also worked a lot with designers who um, kind of taught me how to think more like a designer um, and, and overall kind of realize that, oh, at the end of the day, because we fortunately have first-hand experience of the pain points that these um, people in the orgs have been facing so far, you know, we had the the basic um, outline of a vision that we had for the product to be in the future. And I think that really anchored us and acted as our North Star over the past year or so as we've been building out the product. Um, because, you know, as you might know, it takes a lot more user research and interviews and just kind of thought uh, analysis and uh, synthesizing to align um, on a product that is worth building. So, yeah, a lot of talking with customers and users, a lot of talking with um even non-designers, because that's part of what Bezel is doing. Uh, because, you know, if you're working on a local game engine that you like downloaded, that's not really accessible for a lot of non-designers, uh, adjacent to those people. So like, you know, if I'm a, um, a manager who wants to participate in the review process of the product prototype so far, you know, I'm not going to download a game engine just to like play that, you know, I, you know, I might watch a video on it, but it's not as immersive as like the 3D uh, experience. So yeah, we, we talked to a lot of different folks at uh, different companies and kind of aligned on what we're building right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Just as in, as like in the design process, bringing together these, solution for this problem it starts with the ideation process and analyzing the market as you mentioned how is the point where you decide okay it's time like this is it's an evident 
a problem that is there. We might have the solution. How do you start assembling a team, like people to, you know, mm -hmm. buy in, in your, in your idea and then come together? How was that process for you? Yeah. So, um, uh, fortunately I co-founded the company with, uh, Cecilia, who is a coming from a design background at Oculus, as well as Dennis, uh, who is coming from a more prototyping engineering background at Oculus. So the three of us kind of left together to build this new tool. Um, and I think that alone provided, uh, like enough confidence and conviction, um, in the team around like, okay, more than, you know, one or two people, uh, think that this is an important tool to build for this industry right now. So, I think that tailwind also helped encourage a lot more people outside the company. So we have our uh, first engineer from Adobe uh, and he worked on a lot of different 3D products um, that could pose in the Adobe Creative Suite today, as well as different engineers from uh, Samsung, Autodesk, uh, Mural, and, and so on. So I think gathering the people um, has been quite a process uh, over the past year and a half of the company's lifespan, but um, you know, with every person we add on that they're excited to be, you know, to, to contribute to an early stage startup and see what kind of tool we can build together. So, I mean, so far it's been, it's been super fun. Yeah. I imagine. Thank you for sharing that particular aspect of you know, managing teams, because that is something that people, you know, wonder, like how is, was all of this created? So then you decide, and interestingly, you decide that you want the tool in a web browser, like why? And how did you create that actually? Yeah. You know, what tools did you use for for the web browser? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and it, uh, if there's anything I learned by being a huge fan of the web and the browser over the past decade or so, it's that you don't want to bet against it uh, because the browser technologies are improving, you know, day by day. And also we're seeing a bunch of different applications being web native because that offers sort of multiplayer real-time collaboration that uh, a lot of uh, local apps in the past, all the incumbents have not been able to catch up to. And I think it also offers a lot of flexibility in the, the cross-device nature of the design workflow. And what I mean by that is, especially for 3D designers who are working um, for a, like an AR, VR type of experience, um, they might not want to be inside the headset all day long, right? Because, you know, it's either tiring on their face mm -hmm. to have that on the whole time or the battery runs out or, you know, the controllers only have like six buttons on them, like that kind of stuff. So I, I think at the end of the day, we wanted to use the web so that it acts as a hybrid platform that is able to support a cross-device workflow. So, you know, when you're on your desktop computer or laptop, which is, you know, uh, probably the most common uh place that people spend their time on the day to day. We, we wanted that to be the place where they can put together a 3D design um, just with that precision that they would on a typical desktop tool. And then once, you know, once it's ready to be experienced inside the headset, they would put on their, their quest or their different headset to just kind of experience that themselves. And so it becomes this hybrid experience that is only possible through WebXR. Um, because that is technology that we're relying on on the browser. Mm, yeah, that's super useful because even myself when creating, attempting to create experiences in AR and VR, 
trying to deal with the UIs was a very big problem. <laughs> and yeah. also many designers yeah. find themselves almost like they have to become a little bit of a coder to make things work in an engine like Unity, for example. Right. To make right. the UIs work. And that is something that prevents us to actually fulfill a project or to actually create a prototype even. So that is super an interesting solution. And thank you for show, sharing how is that your thinking yeah. process work to create it. Yeah. When I mean, it's kind of like, oh, sorry, yeah, I was kind no, of like, it, instead of downloading a whole game engine to like script a whole experience, I was like C sharp or, um, you know, mm. when all you really need is a simple drag and drop type of design tool that you would just open on any website on the browser. Um, to put together this type of 3D or AR VR experience, which, you know, that bezel requires zero coding and, you know, not, none of that sort of techn technical knowledge that people need. So. Yeah. And also even when attempting to use the game engine alone for this purpose, we found out many times that the actual results were not that beautiful, you know, like not, not that easy to, to make it like so as the iOS, let's say, uh, UIs look very beautiful and, and easy to, to navigate. So that's great. Mm -hmm. And speaking about for someone interested, because you know, there are many designers that come from the world of 2D and designing in 3D is maybe there are new, new aspects of that. I wonder if you could please help us to take us through the 3D design workflow process so people understand, first of all, mm -hmm. about 3D and first of all, and second, maybe how Bessel ties into the solution. Yeah. So, you know, 3D design is a pretty broad umbrella of a lot of different workflows and industries. Um, we are currently focused on sort of the virtual side of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think... Uh, you know, so the physical side being like architecture or like CAD, um, or, you know, uh, manufacturing, so that kind of stuff, industrial design. And then the virtual side, um, being more of like the AR VR space as we we're talking about, or like gaming is also a big one, or sort of the more like animation film side of things. Um, uh, more recently, but there's been more blurring of the lines between the two, uh, with more interdisciplinary research products and projects going on. But right now, the, the 3D design workflow for a lot of the people, you know, on the virtual side of things is, you know, oftentimes you, you use a hodgepodge of multiple tools to get the job done today. So you would use maybe, for example, something like Blender to get the 3D models in and then kind of export that into a different uh, platform, like a game engine that you would use to kind of put the models together and like animate them or like put them together um, if you're more coming from like a 3D, like XR design type of workflow, then they would probably use something like Figma or uh, a different 2D design tool to kind of put together these UIs that and panels that people would interact with in space. Because at the end of the day, uh, design, a lot of it is, you know, dealing with how to convey and present information to the user in the best ways possible. So, but when, you know, when we're conveying information in, you know, oftentimes includes text and 3D text isn't really a, you know, a good practice when you're reading it in VR or AR, you know, you kind of want text to be on a 2D panel as you would hold up a piece of paper um, and kind of be in a spatial environment with that type of content in front of you. So, yeah, I think it's just a mixture of all these different tools around 
2D, you know, UI panels and the 3D design experience that you want to, you know, hook up like click interactions with, as well as like 3D models, it, you know, if you need them from like Blender or different types of uh, modeling tools as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Definitely. Sometimes when we think about designing, when we come to think about creating apps or, or games, et cetera, we just limit only to the interfaces, just the panels, but there is something else, right? Now we have objects and things that, um, the user is going to be interacting with, which is also the purpose of Vessel, like allowing people to create prototypes in order to yeah. be able to, yeah, create these digital assets and uh, interact with them. So yeah. in terms of when creating Vessel, what what um, f- foundation did you use for that? What tools did you use to create Vessel? Yeah, so uh, we're completely based on a web stack. Um, so kind of the, the standard like React um, TypeScript setup um, on the web. Um, and, you know, we have a bunch of server-side uh, logic and functions on, on AWS as well. So we'd be kind of anchor everything on um, relatively uh, straightforward tech stacks, but, you know, we've, we've done a lot of work to like optimize the 3D scene experience for VR headset rendering and making sure that the graphics on WebGL is performant enough and, uh, and accessible enough for us to manipulate over time in the scene as well. So a lot of the, yeah, a lot of work around geometry and mm-hmm. integrating the 3D and 2D sides of the design tool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have been pretty happy with the performance of the web app on both their desktop and their headsets browser. So um, we'll just, uh, you know, build success on that. I think that is amazing. Like having a web-based um, tool like this is, we haven't seen it, you know, like not, not, it's not that simple as well. So it's impressive that in such a short amount of time, all of this was available for designers now. And uh, speaking about designers, what, in your opinion, are some of the most common mistakes that designers make when approaching 3D? Mm. Let's see. Um, I think what one thing that people miss a lot is that, you know, when they're experiencing a design content in, you know, especially on a headset, for for AR VR purposes, um, I think it's easy to overcomplicate the user flow or overcomplicate the number of um, options that the user can take. But you know, if, if you kind of remember the early days of like mobile, like iPhone one, and like sort of like like the early days, it was you know difficult to convey complex user flows and complex application logic. Because there weren't a, there weren't a lot of like industry standards or design patterns uh, established for the platform yet, so you would often end up with like single button actions or like things that are simple enough for people to understand, and that became used a lot. And I think there's a similar um, sort of sentiment within the the XR industry, where I think a lot of times people come from the game and like the game industry backgrounds, or people are. Um, trying to set up something that might be a bit too complicated to get the job done uh, in, in, inside 3D. Um, and so I think having a sort of 
almost oversimplifying perspective to the number of things um, and the number of actions you expose to the user in the 3D content, I think is super important so that people don't get lost when they start the experience or they just don't know what to do from here. But I'm sure like over time, this will improve because kind of like mobile apps, over time, these design patterns evolved and became more standardized or become for people to kind of expect what to do with an app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that all of these topics are very important because, in my own opinion, also <clears throat> the way that we're seeing all of these changes in the world with all of this technology has been rapidly accelerating. At some point, do you agree that the inclusion also of artificial intelligence models would be necessary mm-hmm. in an app like Vessel as well? Yeah, so we actually get this question uh, quite often just because of the, the uh, attention to AI these days. Yes. But I think we, you know, we, we don't want to market Bezel as like an AI tool per se, uh, yeah. but we do use uh, some versions of AI models as well as uh, we be uh, planning for a more sort of complicated uh, complex AI models as well. Uh, so for example, right now we have a command center that inside the UI of Bezel, uh, people can interact with the app. So if they type in a certain word, all they got to do is like press the space bar to like activate the, the command inside the app, kind of inspired from like the Rhino uh, side of things for 3D apps. But um, for example, if you type in like B uh, for box, uh, you know, that, that also kind of takes in and uh, the command and then draws the box in front of you. Mm-hmm. But if you also type in like cube, which is like a synonym, uh, but close enough um, word label, uh, that also operates to like draw a box. So that, that's, that, that's sort of like one avenue of like AI becoming more of a thing in Bezel. I think the other side is more around like 3D, um, maybe like asset generation or even like 3D mm-hmm. asset search uh, yeah. processes where like you can kind of see, oh, you know, if I want to add like a, like a commonplace furniture object in the scene, what if we could kind of have a quick search for it inside the editor and then you just drag and drop and then you you, you go from imagination to reality uh, pretty quickly. Yeah, I actually, speaking about imagination, I imagine, like me journey, I imagine you put the headset and then you start talking and saying, box, I need a box of these dimensions. And also one thing that I think that is part of the future of UI or, uh, you know, design in this, in this field is voice, voice commands, right? Uh, Replacing some interfaces. I think that that would be amazing being able to see this type of um, enhancements and because for the user, as from our, our point of view, having to deal with so many screens that came from a 2D world, might not be as intuitive as it is a 3D world that simulates more the real, where we don't necessarily need to be using screens. We just talk naturally, right? right? So I think that that's part of the evolution of design. What do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I think voice is going to be, I mean, have been and will be an important part of input to these machines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, that, you know, that being said, there will always be like a non-voice way of interacting with these apps just because mm-hmm. you know, whether it's from an accessibility standpoint or a speed standpoint, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, from a productivity day to day perspective, I would just want to type in something as opposed to talk to my computer. I, I think that's like, there's some like fine lines between what's really um, interesting to imagine, which, you know, obviously is important, but at the same time, what people usually end up doing sort of day to day. So yeah. I think at Bezel, we're really trying to balance the two and like trying to figure out, okay, like what is really cool and different, but at the same time, something that people can stick to and like really use uh, every single day. So. Yeah, amazing. So what are some of examples of great prototypes that people have been building in Bezel? Yeah, yeah. So actually, we have a showcase page on our website right now. So if you go to bezel.it slash showcase, um, you'll be able to find out uh, what kind of prototypes were being made in Bezel so far. Uh, we have a bunch of like XR scenes that you can you know interact with and pass through on your headset. Um, we have some example like VR museums that mm-hmm. uh, someone made, uh, which is pretty cool to check out as well. You can kind of like walk around it in VR or just like travel through it on, on your desktop as well. Um, we have some like presentations uh, that the 3D presentations uh, that that demonstrate different UI prototypes and UI panels that you can also interact with. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can build in Bezel right now. And I've seen some pretty cool stuff that are being made and designed at companies these days. Mm, that sounds super, super exciting. Of yeah. course, we are inviting everybody to go and check Bezel.it and to give a try because it is an app that you can use. It's the the, the um, interactivity, the all the accessibility is there in the web browser, as well as if you're wearing the headset, you can still also use it, which is pretty amazing because you can test right away, right? Like it saves a lot of time and headaches. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, I think this is an exciting moment in the history of sort of spatial computing and how tools have been evolving to better meet the needs of the designer who, you know, aren't necessarily technical and they want to be able to create really cool spatial designs and spatial prototypes for XR. And I think, you know, Bezel hopefully is playing a key role in, in this side of history. Amazing. Yes. So if I am building something in Unity, like to finish the product and I want to create the prototype in Bezel, how can I transfer that to Unity? Yeah. So we're actually actively working on a plugin that, exports all of your uh, Bezel content into Unity so you can start mm-hmm. there and not have to rebuild stuff uh, yes. in the process, which, you know, is super important. Yes, yes, super, super amazing. So would you like to just uh, let us know some of, um, like you already mentioned some, but if you have any feature stuff that you'd like to say right now about what is coming or your vision, mm-hmm. if you'd like to share something before we go, what that would be? Yeah, uh, we have a lot more exciting features coming on the XR side. So, um, without being too specific, uh, we have some features around making the XR experience just much easier to get into, um, on your headset and then being able to interact with things in, in a bit more, uh, granularity and depth than what we currently do with state animations. So we have a lot coming there. Um, and then. Yeah, more, more sort of integrations with existing tools that people use today so that it's more interoperable through uh, Bezel as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that, that's an exciting future. 
Mm -hmm. Wow, that sounds super amazing. We're super, super excited to hear all of that. And of course, we're going to be following on the growth, the expansion, the innovations that you're bringing. I think that your app is going to grow super fast. And of course, we all wish you that. Um, if you ever have anything to share with us, please tag us so we can reshare as well. Because uh, this is something that maybe maybe not the many designers at this point know, but they will. And the soon as the sooner that we know, the better, because we can start using the tool, getting familiar, and start creating projects for um, like faster completion, which is very very important for designers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I'm also super excited to see what people create on Bezel. Um, the world is 3D. So if you're a designer, you know, 3D is the limit of like what, you know, you could create. And I think I, you know, it's exciting to see things go beyond 2D and into 3D. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Julian. And is there anything else that you wish I had asked you today? Is there anything else that maybe we're missing? Um, no, I think. I've spoken a lot more about myself and the company than I usually do already. So I think that's, that's might be good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. Um, yeah, we can keep in contact and everybody interested. Please follow the social media accounts at Bessel to be able to know when all of these features are coming up. I believe you also have a Discord. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's we, called. Uh, we have a lot of people asking. Uh, questions or um, giving feedback on how to improve the tool as well. Like we know there's a, a long way to go. This is just the beginning on what the product is. So I would love to hear uh, any thoughts around uh, how we can make it better for your workflows. Yeah. And there are many resources there in the page. Again, is vessel.it and to follow them in all social media and on Discord to get additional support and questions. Yeah, yeah, that's been amazing. Thank you so much, Julian, for awesome. your kindness today at sharing your insights, your journey, everything that you've been doing. And we're going to be keeping in contact to uh, learn more about the new um, features that you're going to be releasing with Vessel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thanks, Diana. Thank you so much and see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.